Well, he has done great things. He has most definitely been faithful. And he is good, isn't he? Yes. Uh, I love Vision Sunday because we get to think about that. Not that we don't other Sundays, but this is, this is that time of year where we gather together very specifically for the purpose of thinking about uh, the goodness, the faithfulness, the greatness of our God in terms of how he has worked in our midst. And then we get to look forward and think about where he's taking us. And we want to follow him full of faith um, with great expectations for what he wants to do in us and through us. I, I did think about Vision Sunday, and I remember you know, 21 years ago when we would have uh, this Sunday, I think as a young pastor, my mindset was more like a pep rally. You know, it's like, I just want to get everybody all fired up so we can go do something this next year. And, uh, you know, maybe I've matured a little bit over these 21 years, but I tell you what I want for us today. I want for us to experience God, to encounter him, in a life-changing way, perhaps like never before. That's what I want for today. And if that happens, there is no telling what God will do through us in the days ahead. So that's what we're after this morning. Uh, Just to get us started, I, I had a flashback to my high school and my college days. Uh, when I, uh, I had a 65 Mustang, it was a beater. It was just, it hardly ran most of the time. But one of the things that was true of me was I kept that thing right about just above empty most of the time. Can any of you relate to that? Right? I just throw a few bucks in, you know, just to kind of get me through the next couple of weeks. That's about how much driving I was doing. Just kind of get me this. And then, man, it would get down there and... And I always remember, I was thinking, how far, like, does the, does the dial have to actually go below the, the last line, the E, or, you know, how much room do I really have there? And I didn't test it much. Um, I don't know if you can kind of see your gauge here. That, that's where mine stayed, right there, most of the time. I think a lot of people are running on empty these days. Um, And there may be a lot of reasons for that. But I feel like as we wrap up a ministry year and go into a new year, I wonder how many of us, if we could just be completely honest, would say, you know, I've I've been throwing a little bit in the tank just whenever I could, when I felt like I could afford to do it. And, uh, and then I just keep on driving. And most of the time, I'm, I'm really wondering if I'm going to have to start walking because <laughs> I'm, I'm out of gas and I can't go any further. Now, something's interesting as I use that metaphor. Um, there's a lot of activity. It's sort of like we're putting a lot into the tank. I'm just not sure it's the right stuff. So you guys know when you put water in a gas tank, how well does that engine run? Pretty much not at all, right? (laughs) So it's like we're all putting all this stuff in the tank, but we're still running empty. And I'm just confident that the Lord didn't intend for us to live that way. Now, I have a question, and that is, how could a people, a culture that has so much be so depleted. Um, It reminded me of Israel uh, way, way, way back, and I thought about them being delivered from Egypt, led through the wilderness, kicking and screaming, ushered into the promised land in a miraculous way, and they prospered there, right? The land flowing with milk and honey. But here's what happened. They became complacent. They began to presume upon the Lord. And they stopped putting gas in the tank. And ultimately, Israel ran empty. Here's how God, 
who confronted his people in the most gracious of ways, but he confronted them with their issues. He did this in Jeremiah 2. Here's what he said to them, and I wonder if we can hear this in some way this morning. God said, be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked, be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God's people, Israel, they were running on empty, but they just kept digging. So here's a picture of a cistern, and you can imagine you dig that up and you put rocks around it, but they don't hold water very well, and the water that they do hold is pretty nasty. Imagine that versus a fountain of living water. Living meant moving, fresh. Think of a waterfall. Uh, that, that's the contrast that God is drawing here. And he was saying, my people Israel, I surrounded them with fountains and they started digging holes. And um, I want them back. <laughs> I want my people back. And I want them to be full, not empty. So what do we do? This morning, we are going to look at three biblical moves that God's people have always made to go from a place of emptiness to fullness. And our hope as a leadership team for this next year is that we would be a church. If there were anything to characterize our church, it would be that we are full, fullness in him. And so the moves that we're going to make this morning, it's three R's, easy to remember. It's remember, it's repent, and then it's return. And uh, as I say that, th this is really a pattern for what we want to do over the next 12 months. We want to do a lot of remembering. We want to do a lot of repenting. And we want to do a lot of returning so that we will be a church marked by fullness Ultimately, we want to turn from our broken cisterns, whatever those may be, and we all have a shovel, <laughs> so we, we kind of know where we dig, right? So we want to turn from our broken cisterns back to the fountain of living waters. In the language of our portrait of a connected life, we say the Christian life is a connected life, and in the language of our portrait, we want to connect upward with God. That's going to be our theme for this next year. And you can see we've got a new panel hung up here. And this is what we believe about connecting upward with God. Genuine spiritual life is found first and foremost by connecting upward with God through Jesus Christ according to the gospel. That would be worth memorizing. Just so you and I can remember whenever we're trying to find life, in lifeless places, that brings us back to go, nope, uh-uh. It's upward with God through Jesus Christ according to the gospel. That's it. That is a life of fullness. And we're going to think about that a little bit this morning. Um, I love what David writes in Psalm 16 as he's thinking about connecting upward with God. Listen to what he says. This would be a good watchword for us. He says to the Lord, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. How long has it been since you've been in that place, that place of fullness, that place where pleasures are indescribable. That's where we want to go. And the first move that we need to make to get there is remembering. And uh, that's really what we do on Vision Sunday, but I want you to think about this as a pathway to reconnecting with our God. I want to go through 
uh, a number of evidences of what we sang about, God's goodness, God's greatness, God's faithfulness. I want us to remember that. Now, I do this at the risk of forgetting something. Somebody somewhere here or online may go, but what about? It's okay. The fact that you remembered it, that's awesome. Like celebrate that. Let that be on your list of things that you are remembering as it relates to God's faithfulness. But let's, let's just think together for a few minutes about what we've seen God do over this last year. Uh, I was actually telling somebody about this. It was either last night or this morning. But um, we celebrated 20 years of ministry just last fall. And it's a little bit of a blur for me. I'm, I, I kind of woke up and, good gosh, we're, uh, we're 20 years old. Um, but man, when we were rehearsing 20 years of God's faithfulness, that was so good for my soul. And there's so much of that that I could never take credit for if I tried. I just marvel again and again and again. I'm like, man, I can't. God is so good in spite of me, in spite of us, in spite of everything. He is so good, so faithful. He has sustained us and caused us to grow. And then more specifically, last September, we said we're going to spend 12 months thinking about connecting inward with our gifting. And we thought, wouldn't it be awesome if we had a church full of people who knew their gifts and then began to give their lives away to serve in light of their gifts, like use those for his purposes. And it has been an awesome year of that. God has been faithful to show us who we are, how we're gifted, and how we can use that to serve. Um, and this, I, I, I sort of walk around and, and can forget this, but we added 8,000 square feet to our facility and rent, did massive renovations in the midst of a pandemic. I just sort of look at that and laugh, just go, what in the world? How did that happen? God has been so kind to us to have space we asked God, Lord, help us make room in our lives and on our campus for the mission of God. That's what we asked him to do. And he did it far beyond our wildest expectations. Just amazing to me. And uh, that project, I, I looked back, we started in July of 20 and finished in January of 21 and if you don't remember, that was well ahead of schedule and well below the budget we were given initially. Once again, God has been so generous with us. We walked through the Gospel of Luke. I guess we finished a several-year walk through the Gospel of Luke. <laughs> but so encouraging to follow Christ, you know, with his disciples through that narrative. And then we went through First and Second Thessalonians and uh, uh, learned a lot about um, what God has been doing and what he will do and how he's going to bring all of this to a glorious conclusion. And he calls us to trust him with that despite the difficulty of our circumstances. Um, it's easy to take for granted, but even this morning, you know, we had people up here that uh, Kevin calls them lead worshipers. I love that. Uh, they have led us for 18 months, and um, there have been a lot of leaders who have stepped up. Um, you'll notice Kevin was actually playing bass this morning, you know, kind of in the background. I love that about him. He's such a humble leader. Um, but uh, just a few folks, Elizabeth Shrum and Gentry Wheat and Parker Deal, uh, and then Chris and Stephanie Teague, who led us this morning, I, those people have really stepped up to lead us in worshiping our God over these last few years. Isn't that kind of God to provide leaders for us who would help us worship him? Uh, we added uh, a person to our worship arts team. His name's Chris Rainwater. And uh, you probably don't know him. He's a behind-the-scenes guy, never, ever draws attention to himself. But Kevin would say, a lot of what we've been doing, live streams and uh, uh, tent you know, ministry out here <laughs> on Sundays. Chris is the guy that's really been helping all that 
happen. So we're so thankful to have him on our team. He has been a huge addition for us. Um, Another thing, and I'm just going to be bouncing all over the place here, but um, we started something. We, we had had ideas about this years and years ago and just could never pull it off, but we started the Story Station. How many of you have heard of the Story Station, right? Uh, David Wilkinson, he's our new communications director, and he has been helping us tell our stories to one another, and we need to hear it. Think about our Bibles, it's a story. It's a story of God's activity, his goodness, his plans, his accomplishments. And uh, we want to be really good at telling our stories. We have uh, a whole platform now. We've, we've had it for years, but we're using it like never before. Right Now Media. And if you go to Right Now Media, you can hear all of the stories we've been collecting since our 20-year anniversary. Remember we started the Ebenezer stories at that time. And we invited people to talk about uh, those times in their lives where they remember God being their help in a really significant way. So all of the stories are there. You can go to Right Now Media and watch those. Um, then regifting gifting uh, stories. Uh, in fact, I'm going to give you a minute this morning. I want you to watch a compilation of just some clips from several of those stories. And all of these can be seen in full uh, on Right Now Media. So let's actually, let's just enjoy that. Let's listen to some little bits of some of the stories that have been told over these last several months. Check this out. In January, we revisited our focus on spiritual gifting. That's our focus for the year. And I gave away a financial gift to anyone in the church on a Sunday who was willing to receive it. So uh, we had an assumption that they would turn around and give it to someone in need. It was $500. Brent Harrison raised his hand and Emily Givens. And you never know what God might do when uh, we just raise our hand and say, I'm glad to use what's been given to me to help somebody else. If you're really high on gifting as a spiritual gift, mm -hmm. you know, assessment wise, yep. um, you're gonna tend to wanna think through more, hey, you know, who's this going to? How are they gonna steward? Are we being responsible with mm -hmm. it? And that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas if you're more like me, where, where gifting came up lower on the survey, probably isn't a strong suit. It's more like, oh, let's just give this out to some random person. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Let's walk on the street and find a random person and hand it to them. There's this Facebook group called Angels of Rutherford County. Right. And that's our number one thing. And it's just these three women who take care of the homeless community, which is very dear to my heart anyway. Yeah. And um, anything that happens, they monitor very closely. So I was like, this is what we're supposed to do. If we're gonna do it in a more random way, um, a restaurant might be a good place to find someone in need, huh. you know, that's maybe struggled through the pandemic or just has something else, you know, going on. Okay, so tell me about when you actually got to meet the, the family or the lady or whatever that you were delivering the groceries to. Tell me about that moment. I think she kind of had to even just step away to kind of get get herself together for a minute because yeah. she was trying not to be emotional, but also trying to, you know, just kind of, why are these people even bringing groceries and answering me right. to such a specific, you know, down to the detail. I mean, she literally sent us a grocery list and we yeah. got everything on our list, you know? So the manager came out and I kind of told her, you know, what we were doing and, and what this is about. Yeah. And she said, the first person that comes to mind is your server. She's going yeah. through a hard time and she's trying to raise money for this surgery that she can't afford. Mm. Um, so it was just kind of a cool moment where it was like, well, for sure then, you know, well, let's give, let's give all of it to her. How did she respond to that? The, her first thing was, she's like, I know it's COVID, but I just want to give you guys a hug. <laughs> you know, that was her, that was her first response. I actually just went back to that Facebook group and it was for, um, the Haven for Stepping Stones. Awesome. And the woman there asked me, um, well, how'd you hear that we needed this? And I told her, I said, well, I saw it online. And, um, and I said, but I go to Fellowship Bible Church. And she was like, oh, they do so much for us. <laughs> we just love them. And I yeah. was like, well, 
and here's some diapers and wipes on their behalf. So. Very cool. So for those of you who may not remember, when we had our 20-year anniversary celebration, we introduced the idea of the Ebenezer moment. And you know, a specific moment in time was the marriage ministry and that mentorship group that I was so honored to be in with you and so many incredible couples. I really think there's a lot to serving. From Maybe that's just part, part of my spiritual gifting um, and how he could use me. I really think that's when I started to connect again. For me, I grew up in the church, but I never really heard the gospel. I never put two and two together. And I had, I'm a man of science. I searched my whole life. I questioned all the time. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I have to tell you the reason is because of the pride. My process with Regen proved you can't fix yourself. You have to depend on him to do it. There's years where I could have been better. And, and you can lament that, but then men's fraternity, you know, there's been some great stuff there of don't lament that. There's, there's just cool things ahead if you allow God to be there and to make those things happen. So I'm, I'm gonna choose to rejoice in that and to be excited for that because that brings about perseverance and proven character and that brings about hope and hope will not disappoint. What a beautiful gift it is that I get to be a part of what God's doing in our homeless community as part of Fellowship Bible Church. And he knew that he would lead me into this beautiful uh, relationship with Stepping Stones Ministry. And as this play is going on and on, I start feeling Jesus saying, David, you've known the answer your entire life. I've let you figure it out. It's time to come home to me. Wow. It's a long story how I came up with the color scheme. Yeah. But I was looking at it as a quilt pattern, as a nine patch. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh-huh. And you cut strips, sew them together, cut some more, sew them together. So it's processed. Then finally I flipped my first square over uh-huh. and saw the cross. The fountain of living water. Did you hear about all those ministries and all those spaces where we could encounter him and encounter each other, encounter people in need, and offer them life-giving water from a faithful God? So encouraging. I want to I want to encourage you to go to uh, Right Now Media. That'll be food for your soul to hear people talk about what God has done in their life and through their lives. Um, there's a great one that's coming out uh, probably in the next week or two, Delaney Baker. Um, he is, he's recorded something that's going to relate to connecting upward with God, and you will love it. It's going to be so encouraging to you. Um, we tell our stories to remember where we came from and to remember who we want to be. That's why we tell our stories to one another, and we want to keep doing that in the year ahead. Uh, our community groups, man, they have been on the front lines of life in a pandemic and so challenging in so many ways and uh, zooming when necessary and rescheduling stuff, like a lot of challenges there, but they have continued to meet our leaders. So grateful for them. In fact, can we say thank you to our community group leaders for... They, they have really served us, and, and just imagine, uh, you're the community group leader, and you got to figure out, how, how do I care for these people and shepherd them and encourage them, and I'm facing life just like they are, but our community group leaders have done that again and again. Uh, we've continued to have ministry partnerships uh, locally and around the world. I want to point you to our website to go back there again and to see those partnerships that we've had. But it's such a, an encouragement to see how God uses us beyond us, where there's other great ministries that are doing great works, and we get to come alongside them and provide resources that they really need to do what God's called them to do. So that's been a, a beautiful thing. Um, speaking of resources, I want to uh, point to um, our giving over the last year. And uh, if you've been here for any length of time, you know we just talk about money like we talk about anything else. It's just part of life, right? But this is another great evidence of God's faithfulness, his goodness, his generosity 
to our church. So we say this again and again, that God will always give us what we need, finish it, to do what he's called us to do, right? So we have two basic places where we give money as a church to do ministry. One of those is our general fund, and then 18 months ago, we started a fund that was related to facility expansion and renovation called Deep Roots. So I want to give you an update as of the end of August in our last ministry year. Here's where we are uh, as of that point. Under the general fund, we set a goal of $1,092,000. That was $21,000 a week. And I want you to see what was actually given. $1,183,745. Isn't God kind? Isn't he generous with us? And the beautiful thing about this is the Lord has been generous with us, but as a leadership team, we want to say you have been great stewards of what God has entrusted to you because that money doesn't get to the church without you giving. And so thank you. Thank you for doing that, being so faithful and sacrificial. Under Deep Roots, you'll notice that based on the pledges we made 18 months ago, it ended up being around a million dollars. So we would hope to have been at about $500,000, right? After 18 months, and look where we are, $530,000 have been given to our facilities. So that tells me that you really took it to heart, inviting God to make room in your life for the mission of God where our treasure is. <laughs> That's where our heart's going to be. And I can see where your heart is. It's in making room so that God could bring other people here so that they could find life in Christ. As we go into a new ministry year, uh, we want to continue to stretch and ask God to use us in bigger and bigger ways. So uh, going forward, here's what we do every year. We ask you to prayerfully go to the Lord and just say, Lord, what do you want me to do with what you've given me? Like, what's the part that I need to invest in the ministry here? So our goal is uh, $1,144,000. That's $22,000, so $1,000 a week more than last year. Um, and here's what we hope to do with that. Um, we're adding two new people to our staff. One of them you already know, Connor Shoup, is going to be joining Benji uh, in our student ministry. So we're so excited about that. I'm going to tell you more about student ministry in just a minute. But uh, our prayer is also to add an executive pastor, um, really someone who can think about a lot of the operations of our church. I've been doing that for about 21 years. And um, we're just at a place where we feel like God's calling us to more and we're going to need uh, some more manpower on our staff in order to get that done. So that, that's a little bit of an explanation for the increase. But um, we're, we're trusting God with that and excited about where he is taking us. All right. Uh, woven Women's Ministry. Yesterday, they, they had their prayer gathering called Gather. And uh, Kimberly came home. She was so encouraged by the ladies that were there and the heart that our women's ministry has for prayer. That was so encouraging. They met five times over this last year. Again, just an evidence of God's activity where we are depending upon him. We had 27 ladies go through what we call T2 pods. That's our discipleship ministry, um, kind of one-on-one discipleship. So that's encouraging. We're about to launch another group of gals into that. We had 92 ladies attend last year's fall retreat. And just as a plug, ladies, it's coming up. And uh, we would love to pack it out. I, I think, especially in light of our theme for this year, connecting upward with God, um, I, there's no place else I want to encourage you to be than at that retreat. I think it's going to be food for your soul. I think it's going to be a great encouragement to you 
in your walk of faith. Guys, we uh, went through the quest for authentic manhood. Um, nothing has had greater impact on my life in terms of a curriculum than that. And so it's always a joy to share that. And uh, Jeff as well had a, a, a great group of guys to go through that. And then we had our men's retreat. And I'll tell you what really struck me, and this, this is so encouraging to me. Um, I didn't speak. Jeff didn't speak. Um, it wasn't like the paid professionals and all that. Uh, we had two elders, Brian Hogue and Austin Henderson, uh, did some devotionals with the men there. And it was so rich, so good. And then we had two guys, uh, Philip Mullins and Brett Lannon, just shared personal testimonies about how they came to Christ and what God did in their life to bring them to himself. Man, it was awesome. So good. And uh, fun to see the Lord using um, all of us, not just paid staff. Uh, that's, a, that's an important thing for a healthy church. So that was beautiful. Uh, next generation, um, our children's ministry, they are warriors. They, <laughs> we had to shut that down during the pandemic. And I know we were really thin. I think they went 25 weeks uh, without meeting uh, back in our facilities, they a lot of them joined us in here, right? And that was fun to hear the laughter and the crying and, you know, all the stuff that comes with kids. Um, but here, this was interesting. In September of last year, we had a whopping 17 children in the borough. It's pretty thin, right? So right now we have about 100 kids that are showing up every week. We're re-engaging and that's so important for the next generation. They got to get this idea of gathering as God's people. We had 49 uh, borough ministry partners in September of last year that were serving in the midst of that. And now we, uh, we just had 104 sign up for the next season. So double. Yeah, that's awesome. We had our first annual worship arts camp this last year. And uh, what a fun new direction that God is taking us to give kids this space to be creative, to join God as co-creators using their imagination in very practical ways to display the goodness of God and his ministry. Super fun. Uh, FSM, here's why we're hiring. <laughs> we have hired a new guy. We've got 130 teenagers showing up at FSM every Sunday. Yeah. And just for context, in 2018, we had 80. So it is growing. And obviously, with all of those teens, uh, their families are coming as well. Uh, our ministry to young adults called COIN, um, that ministry has just been so vibrant in terms of like really connecting with each other and being about the mission. And they have uh, established their kind of their first transition of leadership team. They brought on four new leaders from within their little community to take them into this next ministry year. And then um, when I think about activation, I think about Gift Connection Sunday. Many of you were here. We asked you to turn in cards. We got 182 cards where people said, hey, I'd like to hear more about these areas of ministry. As of today, and we still have conversation to have, and people are still thinking through stuff, but over 111 people have said, I'm going to plug in here. They've picked a place of ministry to serve. That's awesome. So what a great outcome of a year focused on connecting inward with our gifting and using our gifting to serve. So that's a time of remembrance. Now I want to head to something that we might feel a little bit uncomfortable with, but we remember and then we repent. Now here's the beauty of repentance. We do it after remembering how good God is, how kind he is, how faithful he is. So we can come to him with our broken cisterns. And I want you to think of the, the, the father in Luke 15, right? The prodigal's off. What's the father doing when he, when he uh, sees his son? He's running. <laughs> Open arms. Big smile. Tears running down his face. He's so glad that his son 
has come home. That's the kind of vision that you need to have for repentance. And I thought, we need to be great repenters. This isn't just something that you do in the depths of despair at one point in your life and you just finally turn it all over to God and you're done. No, this is a daily activity because we're all broken, right? Broken yet hopeful. So we come to him every day and we go, Lord, I fall short. Here's how. And uh, I want to change. I want to grow. I don't want to dig holes. (laughs) I want to be with you in your presence, where there are pleasures forevermore. Um, There's an interesting confrontation that happens in the book of Revelation. And uh, the Lord comes to one of his churches and uh, essentially confronts them much like he did with uh, the people of Israel in Jeremiah. Listen to these words. To the angel of the church in Ephesus... Write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands, here's what he says to this church. I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. That's all good, isn't it? So encouraging. This isn't a church that's in the ditch. They're doing a lot of good stuff. But he says in verse 4, I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. Those are kind words. It's hard to hear. None of us like to think about where we have gone astray. But there's no way to change and to grow if we can't be honest about those places where we have gone our own way. So it's interesting. The Lord points his church back to their conversion. And whenever you came to Christ, do you remember right after? Do you remember how excited you were, how hungry you were, how passionate you were, how teachable you were? Saying, that's the way to live all of life. Don't ever grow out of that. Have God as your first love. Your chief affection. Your highest priority. The essence of your motivation for doing all that you do. Have God as your first love. And then all the rest of life will fall into its correct order Live again the life you lived when you first came to Christ. That's a good template. And in terms of repentance, it's just coming to the Lord and acknowledging those places where I've shifted my priorities. I've uh, exercised affections that are beneath God. And I want to reorder that, invite him to do that. Um, Repentance is just, it's a 180 degree turn. That's all it is. It's saying, you know what? I'm looking at a broken cistern (laughs) and I see that it's a lifeless place and I turn to the fountain of living water and then I start moving in that direction and that's the return. Remember, repent, and then return. Paul prays for the church at Ephesus. I think this is so interesting. I wonder if they aligned themselves with what God prayed here. Maybe they would not have had to be confronted by the Lord in Revelation. But listen to these prayers that Paul prays. And I think this will give us some direction for the days ahead. Ephesians 1, 15 through 23. Paul says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, here's his prayer for them, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward those who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things, that is God, put all things under Christ's feet and gave him as head over all things in the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Notice that Paul is praying that they would know God, and that's not just intellectual, that's not just data. There is an intimacy about that knowledge that is so unique to our personal relationship with God. He's praying that they would know him. And be known by him. And that the result of that is that they know in a fuller way hope, inheritance, power, and all of that gives them fullness. That's where we want to go over this next year. We want to know God so intimately that we're full. And the trinkets of this world, the allurements that surround us each and every day, we just sort of shrug and laugh. Like what a silly comparison to the fullness of God, the hope and inheritance and power that we have in him. Paul prays again in Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that, here's the result, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend With all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So here's the deal. You and I cannot grasp the magnitude of God's love for us without his enablement. So we come to him and we say, dear God, please give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to believe how you love me. Show that to me in all of its grandeur. I have found it to be true. Where God's love for us is doubted, our love for God is withheld. We so desperately need to see what only he can show us. And so as we strive to connect upward with God, that's part of what we want to go after is, Lord, help us to see how you love us. And then let that change us so that we might love you as you deserve. We are going to connect upward with God this year as a church. And we're going to provide resources and guidance for you personally. But we want you to think about this not as just your own little personal project, but it's our project. We want to be a church that's connected upward with God. And so here's a few things that we're going to do. We're going to go through the book of Hebrews. And here's why. There is this sweet, sweet encouragement in Ephesians 4, 6, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 4.16. The writer of Hebrews says, let us then with confidence draw near 
That's a picture of connecting upward with God. Draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He's praying that we might be full. And you find fullness in the presence of God. So we're going to draw near in the book of Hebrews And we're going to provide a lot of equipping along the way. Um, We're going to encourage you to read a book. Uh, We're going to give you a selection of books on the spiritual disciplines. Those are just practical tools that help us kind of put ourselves in the presence of God and invite him to do his work. So we're going to make our way through uh, the spiritual disciplines. We're going to endeavor as a church to read through the Bible in a year beginning in January. So we're going to have a plan. We'll probably have several plans for you to follow. But we just want to say together as a church, let's get in the word. Let's just let it wash over us and change us to be more like Christ. We're going to have a weekly sanctuary of prayer on this campus. So every Tuesday from 8 to 4, this room is going to be a place of prayer. You can come anytime. It's, it's going to be silent. You just come in here and you can spend as much time as you want to. But this is going to be a sacred place for prayer every Tuesday for this next year. And we're going to see what God does with that as we make prayer that kind of priority. We're also going to have a citywide prayer initiative. So honestly, and this, this has happened so many times in our history, but FSM is really leading the way here. So Benji and our kids have set up these prayer groups in all of their schools, and those kids are praying. They're praying for their classmates. They're praying for their teachers. They're praying for influence on those campuses. And so we're going to follow their lead, and we're going to ask God to give us prayer groups all over our city. And just say, God, we want, we want your people praying wherever they do life. And we're going to have a map in here. We're going to see where everybody is. And we're going to celebrate prayer that's taking place uh, all throughout our city. We're going to uh, bring back even songs, if you guys participate in that, where we uh, celebrate prayer, song, and story as a community of faith and worship God in that um, and there's something that it's very timely, but our worship arts team, their hearts have really been stirred around the theme of lament. There's a lot of hard things, right, going on right now, and, and oftentimes we're not quite sure what to do that. So our worship arts team is going to really help us, guide us to lamenting biblically and bringing uh, those things that grieve us before God. Here's a promise in James 4.8. Write this down. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, don't think about that spatially. It's really more like God's right there. And when we draw near to him, we get to see him for where he really is. Draw near to God. He will draw near to to you. That is intimacy like can be found nowhere else. Lastly, connecting upward leads to outward. So we don't want to be so inwardly focused on our own little personal relationship with God that we forget this mission that God has given us to reach our world, right? So the elder team has made a decision to invest $50,000 in mission trips, locally, nationally, and internationally. And here's what we want to do. We want every single person in this church to take a mission trip in the next year. And we want to help you do it. We want to be creative. And whether that's something that you do locally, like a local initiative of some kind, whether that's a national thing like Hope Force, or uh, there's actually a lot of great opportunities around our country where there's urban, uh, rural, renewal, um, disaster relief, just some great opportunities. And then we're connected currently with Uganda, East Asia, and Europe in a couple of places. So plenty of opportunities. 
And um, we want to put some money into that. And, and it's not going to cover it all, but hopefully it will help so that all of us can find a place. Here's what I know about mission trips. They are life-changing for those who go and life-giving for the people that they serve. So that's a big initiative for us in this coming year as we connect upward with God. Uh, so much, so much to think about and talk about and pray about as we're going forward. I want to give you an invitation to connect this morning. And I want to ask you again, are you running on empty? If so, listen to these sweet words from Matthew 11. And we'll just let this kind of be our so what, respond to this, because that's what I feel like. Vision Sunday this year has been an invitation like what, what kind of life do you want? Do you want one that is in broken cisterns? Or do you want a life with the fountain of living waters? Here's the invitation. Prayerfully see how the Lord wants you to respond to this. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the Lord's invitation to you today. and For this next year as we seek to connect upward with God. What's a next right step for you in response to that invitation? Take just a moment, and then I'll close this in prayer. I'm sure there's lots of things going through our minds and our hearts today. But the promise of your nearness is so refreshing. Lord, we want to dwell in your presence. And it's in your presence where we find fullness. So, uh, Lord, all we'll say to you today, we're just going to say we're going to follow follow wherever you lead. We're thankful as we remember your goodness. Thank you for showing us those broken cisterns in our lives today. And Lord, we turn from those back to you and pray that you would lead us to a place of fullness in the days ahead. For your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.